Welcome, everyone, to the Thursday edition of the Markets and Mortgages podcast. I am your host, Tyler Crawley, and it finally happened. We've been waiting for it all this time, all this inflation data, and finally it happened. The announcement that the federal funds rate would be raised. Now, it was not surprising at all. There were some questions that maybe were unanswered that kind of got answered, but for the most part, we pretty much expected everything that was announced. What was weird was like the stock market was way up and then the announcement comes out and then the market collapses. And then after a while it came right back up again. <laughs> it was like, what was that selling? It's, it's like people forgot that we knew that was going to happen. It's like, oh my gosh, the Fed raised the federal funds rate. Oh my gosh, sell, sell, sell. And it's like, wait, hold on, we already knew that. Oh, yeah, you're right. We did our, we buy, buy. We did know that. <laughs> Go back to buying. I, I have no idea what caused that. That was just, maybe it's just people that, I mean, it's been what, four years since we saw a rate hike. So maybe it was just the shock of the rate hike being announced. So what was the rate hike? Well, we knew what it was going to be. Jerome Powell made it very clear when he testified in front of Congress earlier this month, 25 basis points. And that's what we got from the Federal Open Market Committee saying in the release, quote, the committee decided to raise the target range for the federal funds rate to a quarter to one half percent and anticipates that ongoing increases in the target range will be appropriate. We're going to talk about that a little bit. But as I mentioned, the rate hike was really not that surprising. We all knew it was going to be a quarter point, And that's what we got. So the question is, what was surprising? And like I said, nothing. <laughs> really, we did get some questions answered, kind of, I guess, at how you want to look at it. Remember, the Fed's always sort of, they're not going to make any sudden movements. And so every time they do make an announcement, there's always a big caveat that things could change. Things could change. You never know what's going to happen. That that's, we're planning on that, but it might change. It could possibly change. So here's the first question. How many rate hikes are there going to be? As I just mentioned, they are saying there will be a appropriate amount of rate hikes going forward. Well, according to the Fed's summary of economic projections, they released that with the press release, the statement the Fed is expecting the Fed funds rate to rise to 1.9% by the end of this year. And using basic math, that would mean six more rate hikes for a total of seven in this calendar year. And we already kind of knew that. We talked about that. The Fed traders, it had been reported, I know Bloomberg reported on it, that they'd already priced in seven hikes. So once again, Nothing really that new. So then the other question, what about asset purchases? Well, the good news, the committee said, quote, they expect to begin reducing its holding of treasury securities and agency debt and agency mortgage-backed securities. Okay, bad news. They didn't say when this would happen, <laughs> but they did say it would be happening at a coming meeting. And I think a lot of people have said, ooh, maybe May. May was the time period that I've seen thrown around on Twitter, but they didn't say. So once again, it's back to, well, maybe this, maybe that. We shall see. And then finally, what was the vote? Where did the Federal Open Market Committee stand on this vote? Everyone voted for the quarter rate hike, except, who do you think? James Bullard. <laughs> he wanted a 50 basis point hike. 
And so he stood alone and was the lone dissenting uh, vote only because he wanted to see a bigger hike. So no one was like, no, I think we should keep rates at zero. And there was something else I think that's also important to note. This, once again, is from the Fed's summary of economic projections. They revised their 2022 economic projections from 4% GDP growth this year to 2.8. And they did not change other years to add that growth. So they just said, yeah, the economy is going to lose almost half its growth and it's going bye-bye. <laughs> like It's not like, oh, we're going to see it the next year or the year after. No, no, it's like, it's just, it's gone. It's gone. And uh, probably one of the explainers to this is what is happening with inflation. They're projecting, their original projection in December was 2.6%, now 4.3%. Now, as I've mentioned on the podcast before, inflation, of course, is a result of an overheating economy. And so I know what you're thinking. Well, Tyler, how can you say that growth is going to shrink with inflation? Well, once prices get to a certain point, it's why they argued that the solution to higher prices is higher prices <laughs> because people will just not be able to buy stuff. I mean, unless we're get, we get into some kind of horrible wage price spiral where they both just keep rising back and forth and then you get, you know, hyperinflation, I guess. But for the most part, people's wages will be locked in. Rates or prices can only go up so much before people just can't buy those products anymore. As demand decreases, supply stays the same or increases as some of these supply chains get fixed, you're going to see prices fall. And that deflationary, that, of course, is a that pulls away from economic growth. And so that's why you're seeing sort of this big inflation, because right now inflation's already over is already above four point three percent. So they are expecting by the end of the year to see inflation dissipate. So that's their projection as of right now. Now, as you guys know, I would have preferred to have seen a 50 basis point hike, but I also understand where Powell's coming from and his approach that he has with, you know, just letting everyone know what he is going to do before he does it well ahead of time. And I understand that approach. Now, the quarter point hike is unlikely going to do nothing with regards to inflation, but you do have to wonder what's going to happen in two or three months. Remember, Bullard was the one that was saying he wanted to see rates in about three months get to 1%. And so Powell did mention in a subsequent press conference that we could see a 50 BIP hike in May. And that is when we could also begin seeing a selling down of the balance sheet. So once again, I'll, all eyes will continue to be on inflation data because if inflation remains elevated and or if actually gets worse, how do they not lower rates? Or I should say, excuse me, how do they not increase rates to tackle that inflation to try and lower it? And so we will see. We'll see if James Bullard's prediction or what he would like to see happen, which of course, as you know, I mean, none of these Fed chairs are speaking out of turn. He was floating that idea for a reason. So we will see if that is necessary over the next couple of months. Now, we also got a lot more data yesterday. For example, home builder confidence. We didn't even, we're not even gonna have time to get into retail sales, which by the way, we're a little disappointing. One at 0.4, but instead we got 0.3. But there was like a gigantic revision to January 
it was like a 4% revision. <laughs> it, was, it was something along those lines. And we're not even going to get to that because we got to talk about home builder confidence. Home builder confidence fell more than expected in March. And this is now the third straight month that confidence has fallen. Not exactly the best way to start the year. This, of course, according to the National Home Builders Association or the National Association of home builders, hence the acronym NAHB. <laughs> makes makes sense. Month over month, the NH the NAHB. There we go. Wells Fargo Housing Market Index fell two points to seventy nine. Expect the expectations had been for it to fall from eighty one to eighty. Now, home builder confidence is now down three points when compared to where we were in March of 2021. And this is the third straight month of declines and is now the lowest level since September. And this month's decline was led almost entirely by a big drop looking at the future of home building. Over the next six months, that's one of the metrics that they use. That fell 10 points to 70. And that was the lowest level that we have seen since June 2020. So a big drop, not a lot of confidence about what's going to be happening going forward. Interestingly enough, the present index saw a slight decline to 86 from 89 in February. This was its lowest level since June, and the traffic of prospective buyers actually increased two points to 67. So people are confident that home demand is still strong, but they're not sure what's gonna be happening six months from now. And that's understandable in a environment where rates are rising and construction costs are also rising. It makes sense. Now, regionally, the West continues to lead the way with an index of 91 that was unchanged from the previous month. The South fell four points to 80, while the Midwest was actually up for the month. They were the only one that was up. At 73, that was a two-point jump. And the Northeast saw a gigantic drop-off. 16 points to 60. That's where their index was, 60. That is the lowest level for any region since June 2020. That's an important date because that's when we were sort of coming out of the bottom of the pandemic. And so the fact that we're seeing some numbers similar to what we saw then kind of highlights what sort of environment that we are in. But there is something important to remember. Any level over 50, any index over 50 means more builders view conditions as good rather than poor. And considering that construction costs are at all time highs and rates are reaching levels that we haven't seen since 2019, the fact that the index isn't just positive, but it's almost in the 80s is really a testament to how much demand from buyers still exists in this current environment. So it's also important to remember that we're seeing levels that we've never seen before. I mean, we're coming off of levels that we had never seen before. When we hit 90, we had never seen that. And so we've been sort of falling down since we got to that level in, I think, mid to late 2021. And so we reached all-time highs. And so, sure, looking at an index of 79 doesn't look so great comparing it to 91, but it's still 29 points above sort of that middle level. 
And that's with rising costs and rising rates. And they're still at almost 80. Looks can be deceiving on the report. Oh, no, we've fallen for three straight months. Oh, no, we're falling out of the 80s. Considering where we are, like I said, with construction costs and rates, it's not bad. (laughs) It's really not that bad. And speaking of mortgage rates, let's wrap up this podcast looking at mortgage demand for the week. This according to the Mortgage Bankers Association weekly survey, mortgage demand in total fell 1.2%. Not that surprising. We saw a big jump last week as rates fell because of what was going on in Ukraine. And since then, of course, rates have risen back up. And so the fact that demand only fell 1.2%, not that bad, actually. When you see a big jump like we did last week, you expect maybe a bigger correction because of that. And here's the thing. Purchases, strong, up 1%. This is I mean, just you can't keep a good buyer down. No matter what comes out data wise, they still want to buy a home. And that's evident with the home builder confidence. It's just it's evident across the board. And tomorrow we're gonna know more. We'll we'll talk about what, what data's coming out tomorrow and later this week. But purchases up one percent. Fascinating. Uh they are still down though, eight percent week over week. Or I should say, um, from the same time last year. So they're up 1% week over week, down 8% from the same time last year. Refis, the refi index was down 3% and was down much bigger year over year, 49%. And now the refinance share of mortgage activity has decreased to 48.4% of total applications from 49.5% from the previous week. And I have a feeling that number is just gonna keep falling and falling and falling as we move forward. And I mentioned mortgage rates. Well, the short reprieve that we saw with dropping rates that has come to an end just as quickly. (laughs) This, once again, is data from March 11th, the week ending March the 11th. The average contract interest rate jumped 16 basis points to 4.27% for a 30-year fixed and a 15-year fixed. The average contract interest rate also saw a 16 basis point jump to 3.55%. Joel Kahn, the Associate Vice President of Economic and Industry Forecasting at the Mortgage Bankers Association, noted that the average loan size, despite all of this, continues to remain elevated, saying, quote, purchase applications slightly increased with both conventional and VA loan applications seeing gains. The average purchase application loan size remained elevated at 453,200, the second highest amount in the survey's history. Once again, buyer demand is strong. You're seeing that across the board. You're seeing it with regards to home builder confidence. You're seeing it with regards to purchases, inventory. All of this is a sign that sure, the refinance share of the market is going away, but purchases very strong, very strong, no doubt about that. And speaking of strong, I think that's a good way to leave it. Oh, we got to talk about what's happening this week, or I should say today and then tomorrow. 8.30, we got housing starts and building permits. Building permits are projected to fall from 1.89, like we saw last month, to 1.85. And housing starts are expected to drop 
from 1.63 million to 1.6 or housing stocks are expected to jump almost an inverse relationship there. They're moving up about 600,000. And so that to me is interesting because I have a feeling that those numbers could be higher just because yeah, sure. Builder confidence is down a little bit, but just a little bit. There's just so much demand out there. I just can't imagine that building permits would fall. But we will see. We will see. Uh, we also got jobless claims coming out. And then, just to give you a heads up, I will not be doing a show for Friday. I am going out of town. I am going on a golf trip. That's where I'm going. Nothing important. <laughs> I'm just not going to be here. Not going to be able to do the show. I'll be way too exhausted. But I will be back Monday morning for another edition of Markets and Mortgages. So you guys enjoy the long weekend from me. And I will see you again on Monday morning. And don't forget, as always, do not wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and wait.